Welcome to the Tuesday Review. I'm Nathan, as always, joined by James Callum and Alum. How you going, boys? Not bad. More skewed. Uh, it's a bit of a classic review this week, and sort of a not classic review at the Revisit. same time. So we talking about we all rewatched uh, Blade Runner, or me, Callum, James rewatched the OG Blade Runner recently. Um, and we're also going to revisit Blade Runner 2049, which is a movie we have mixed feelings about. Hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's, we talked about it. I feel like on the old show, it's been a long yeah, time. Seven years ago when it came out. Yeah. And we're we, still not sure how we feel about yeah. it. <laughs> I, I remember we, yeah, we did the review for the old show and we talked about it then and we we're just kind of like, oh, I don't think it's as good as people are saying, you know, people are saying it's better than the original. And we were kind of like, oh, it's good, I guess. But we had lots of problems with it. Uh, definitely, yeah. it's definitely not as good as the original. Um, and over the years, at least me personally, I was always kind of like, like the longer I got away from it, the more I was like, I don't think I like it. I don't think it's good. And then I was like, we should revisit it. We should talk about it on the show again and see if our opinions have changed. I should rewatch it. And I this is the first time I've rewatched 2049 since it came out of the movies. Um and I think I feel pretty much the same. Mm. It's not I, a lot has changed. No, I think I rewatched them pretty much back to back. I watched the original on Saturday and 2049 on Sunday. Yeah, same. And the original is still just it's the goat. It's the masterpiece of yeah. modern science fiction, right? It's it's a classic. Mm. And I think 2049 has a lot of brilliant ideas, a lot of cool set pieces, but it's just not a good sequel. Yeah. I think, like, I mean, I'm going to repeat myself from seven years ago because, I, I like, I literally have the same feelings. So I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think this is... So, because my thoughts were... Um, now, Alan's messaging in... The, oh, okay. You could you should have said that because then I can stop. <laughs> um, what was I talking about? Your thoughts um, were... Yeah, my thoughts were when I saw it, like it just doesn't have the same impact or the same atmosphere or the same... Uh, just engrossing nature. Of the it's original. it's unfortunately more spectacle than story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. It's also maybe too plot heavy. Yeah. So it's... one of the problems I have with the film is that I was talking to Nathan about it. I'm like, Blade, the original Blade Runner is a relatively no Jake. Sorry, or is it Alum? Uh, we we discussed it. Yeah. <laughs> I get everyone confused. He gets the brown men confused frequently. Yeah, and my white men. He's, he's yeah. a closet racist. Uh, <laughs> just, just a racist in general. Um, no, um, the original Blade Runner is relatively simple. You know, it's it's man has to go back into the police force, for lack of a better word. He hunts down. He's got a group just, of targets he has to hunt down. Plus, there's a romance B plot. It's a and 1940s then, you know, yeah. film noir, like hard-boiled detective movie. Guy has to track down criminals, pretty much. Um, but the lady the... doing cartwheels, and then she gets shot, and yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> yeah. like when you, but when you take the actual story structure, it's relatively simple, straightforward. You know, yeah. he he tracks them down one it's at a time. More... The prop, the plot evolves as he does bit by bit, and then he gets to the climax. Whereas you get to twenty forty nine, 
and they have to they add in so much bloat to the story what should have been a similar type of story with k tracking down a group of targets and uncovering more about himself or more about yeah, um the the world ends up being this whole thing about identity and memory and well, all these all these other story elements it, it, which are first, good in theory but when you add them to the world of blade runner it just seems so heavy the first movie I, I mean heavy is in bloats not heavy is in thematically mm. heavy it just weighs the movie down well the first movie examined those questions quite well anyway you yeah. know like the whole kind of what does it mean to be human the first movie kind of dealt with those themes appropriately without derailing the story and i think that's kind of one of the problems I have with 2049 is that it tries to lean into those questions, but in doing so, it kind of derails the story. It, yeah. Yeah. And it, it also, because it's so long, it's, you know, 45 minutes longer than the original. Um, and not, a, you know, a lot of that is trying to reconnect to the original movie. Yeah. Um, so you get like the first hour and a half is about, Ryan Gosling's character K, like the new protagonist of this story, and it's got some interesting bits. And then you, once you introduce Harrison Ford, now you have to sort of connect it back, yeah, yeah, to the yeah. original. Um, and there's all these like different plot points. I still have no idea what Jared Leto's character's like uh, uh, idea, like his motivation was to create. He wants to create more robot slaves by having them breed Pro, yeah normally, he wants procreate he wants normally. essentially he wants an army of replicants yeah um, he just wants to play god is one of his main yeah. things yeah. and also know. read from a different script to what uh, the other characters are reading from because half his shit does not make sense yeah, it's I, all, I think yeah, he, like he wants an army of replicants for whatever reason. It's not explored very well. Yeah, but <laughs> he, he already manufactures replicants. He's like, I can't make enough yeah. of them. I need to yeah. get them to breed, like procreate naturally and be born and grow up. And I'm like, that make, doesn't make any sense. So, yes, paying for their schooling and everything else is going to be much cheaper. Yeah, and conditioning them. Do you know how and, to raise children, sir? I mean... Yeah, it's it just that still doesn't make, and he's only in like two scenes, so he's not really. I think important to the the problem with this is the idea of you know like kind of having the replicants evolve to the state where they can procreate and breed, and like that kind of adds to that question of what does it mean to be human. Um, but then they kind of got carried away with that plot point, and they kind of made it maybe too much of a focus. Yeah, I, I think like the original. Do we lose Callum? Yeah, he he dropped out. Hopefully, he's gonna rejoin now. But um, like the like like we said, the original is a simple plot, but overall, it's about the characters and the idea of what does it mean to be human. If these replicants are so close to being human, or they're almost in, indistinguishable, and throughout the movie, they're getting emotions and learning things for the first time, and Deckard, whether he's a replicant or not, is going through this journey of you know having to kill them and like also realize like realizing his own humanity and their humanity um and i think 2049 does some of that as well but then it's like like i said it's overly long it drags and it has a lot of more like complicated plot points 
you know, with Rachel having the Messiah baby, who's, you know, the replicant, first replicant to be born. And then there's right near the end of the movie, there's uh, a robot upright, like a group of robot illusions. Yeah. To a robot yeah, they're like, oh, and then it never and pays off. Like, yeah. never, it's like, there's one scene they're like, Oh, we're going to start a, a revolution, a uh, replicant revolution. And I'm just like, huh, shouldn't that be the yeah. movie? Is there, that's, is that's kind of what I'm like... talking about when it comes to all the different story elements they try to introduce. I was saying to Nathan, the movie's really good. Uh, sorry, guys, I, I disconnected for a second. Right. Um, the movie's really great as a collection of interesting science fiction scenes. Yes. Right? But then when you try to connect them all together and then connect all of that back to the original movie, it kind of it gets too heavy in itself. It's hmm. like the, okay, the way it handles yeah. the themes. It, there's a lot of navel-gazing. There's a lot of, of um, what's the word we're looking for? Like fat. It has so much fat on it that it doesn't need to be there. But when you look at each scene, each yeah. scene is good. It's it's also I mean? like yeah, technically it's a very good movie. Like it's yeah. well done technically. Denis Villeneuve, you know, director, he's a great director, and visually it's really nice. And the special Roger effects Deacons. are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, Roger Deakins did a photography. Like it's really and it's well acted and whatever. So technically, their scenes are good when you watch them. But just overall, like I felt myself not caring about anything that happens in this movie. Yeah. Um, it seems like there was a lot cut out of the script too. Like there was a lot they kind of had to make compromises on. Cause as we were just saying that whole robot uprising thing, they kind of, it feels like it was left in from either a different movie. I, idea I mean, the movie's or, already so long, like, yeah, but so, but like that went on nowhere and it comes out of nowhere and it goes nowhere. So I think like, is yeah. that from another draft of the film? They couldn't, they couldn't somehow write it out. You know, they kind of had to awkwardly leave know. it in there. I, I think like it just it doesn't feel in place in this movie necessarily. Yeah, it feels like they're trying to tell a trilogy, and they only had two movies. Yeah, and the the first movie already came out, and they, you know, thirty five years before, and they couldn't. Yeah, they couldn't Legit, retcon it. The, the 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 way they left the story to me, it, it feels like they wanted to tell a third part. Definitely, definitely, that there, there feels think... like something missing. Yeah. Because and, like the, if you only had two movies, right, you wouldn't be bogging it down with all of that world building that you're not even going to pay off on. That's the other thing is I feel like the original Blade Runner, just visually even, not like yeah. there's the there's the language used, which I love the, like the slang they use and stuff that brings you into that world. But just visually, like it transports you into the future. Like it's so dense. In terms yeah. of production design, costume design, the sound design, incredible. 2049, it looks nice, but it's a very quiet movie. Uh, and it, it's very, it's sparse visually. Yeah. And it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't transport you into that cyberpunk world that the original did. And yeah. so, like, in terms of world building, whereas the first movie is a masterclass in transporting you into that world. 2049 it's just like i don't feel like this is a real place yeah like, i don't yeah. feel like outside of this outside of the main characters and the plot i don't feel like there's a lot going on like you yeah. don't you don't see that that level of uh engrossing sort of background noise and character and movement that you do in the original where yeah, because they leave that they leave the city you know what i mean that's the thing yeah 
I love in the original, you're just always in that metropolis. You're always in that cyberpunk city. Um, and yeah, it might make sense that there's some wasteland out there or there's some, some but uh, like, it's just this endless uh, dystopian city. dystopian city, uh, yeah. factories and, you know, the, the opening shot with the uh, flames, you know, the smokestacks or whatever. And then like the f- opening shot of 2049 is we're, we're out of the city straight away. Yeah, and yeah, most, yeah. Most of the movie takes place outside of the city, and it becomes. It's not. It's nowhere near as cyberpunk as the original. Nowhere near as film noir. Um, and yeah. it it loses that feeling of like this claustrophobic, uh, melting pot of, uh, this kind of, uh, gritty. Dark city. Kind did of thing. you um? Did you see recently or re- relatively recently, August last year, Ridley Scott expressed his regret at not doing the movie himself? And his I, version would have been uh, quite a lot different than Denis' version. I always found it weird that like Ridley like stayed on as producer and was like overseeing the movie, but really it's Denis film. Yeah, he, um, from what he said, he had to be but careful also... of what he says, but his version would have had Harrison Ford be closer to the main character and it would have been like an hour shorter. <laughs> Yeah, there's that. But I mean, <laughs> two things. One, I don't, you know, Ridley Scott at the time was doing Alien Covenant, which was god awful. Yeah. Uh, and he had done Prometheus, you know, before that. And so it's possible his Blade Runner sequel would have been just garbage. Worse, yeah. But also, I kind of like that, you know, I think this movie would have been even better if it was just about Kate. Like if yeah. Harrison Ford didn't even show up, it's like Harrison Ford's story's done. Rick Deckard yeah, and Rachel. A case. Just do a at, case. Yeah. End it. Yeah. The end of the original movie where the ele- elevator door shuts. It's just like, that's. That I think MVP I might, I might've mentioned this on the actual review we did. Hmm. I think it would have been interesting if this 2049 was actually in an adaptation of the book where, you know, in the book they had that section where he has to figure out who's real and who's a replicant in the police headquarters. Uh, don't remember that scene. No, there's like a subplot in the book where one of the where Deckard or uh, or an agent Deckard knows has to go into another police station and they're all replicants in there. That uh, yeah, I don't remember that at all. Oh, like that'd be but an that's, interesting that's thriller. Interesting. I think yeah, I think this all like 2049 also hints at a lot more interesting movies like yeah. Dave, but like the movie starts with dave batista's character and he's like hiding out on a farm or whatever and i'm like he should have been more of a character he should have been even the main character that's an interesting story um or it should have been about the robot uprising or it should have been yeah more about the police station like that's yeah. when we fix the story. It's going to be Kay and Dave Batista's character, where Kay is like constantly on the chase of him. Oh yeah, or it becomes like a buddy cop movie where they're forced <laughs> to work together. Yeah. <laughs> but, cool. Come on, man! If you get any buddy cop movie, you know it's going to be Kay and Deckard because Kay has that daddy complex. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like like Nathan said, it had the movie had lovely scenes. They were all cohesively didn't really create. You just want a, Cyberpunk the Fugitive. A, a Blade Runner story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like the, even the first scene was there's fog out to you know fog out the ass and you can't see anything and the car lands. That whole scene, great scene. Mm. And it's like but again, like you said, 
this is supposed to be a Blade Runner movie where like you're in a packed city, hmm. you know, and everything else. And it, even just... even when they're in the city, like it doesn't feel as dense. No, as and it, by all accounts, it should be even more dense because it's feels further 30, into the future. Yeah, it's thirty yeah. years in the future, and it's just like it. It's just Denis Villeneuve's style is, I guess, much more sleek and modern. And I remember we talked about it when we originally talked about the movie, like. I think a lot of people mistake just modern filmmaking and sleek being sleek and modern we, you know as what? being better than we, an older you know what movie. The, the correction is we need Lars von Trier's version of Blade Runner. Oh. <laughs> no, that is that is completely off. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's it'd be another... interesting. Yeah, it'd be It'd be super interesting. But yeah, that's not what I meant. Or Cronenberg. Cronenberg could do Lynch. interesting. I one. mean, yeah, you just throw anyone out there; it would be interesting. Some grimy, dirty kind of weird metropolis. I think Carpenter yeah. would have taken interesting. It would be an interesting one. Well, especially yeah. if he was in like his eighties, like eighties kind of phase. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, back in the eighties, a lot of filmmakers would have been really interesting. I, um. I didn't get a chance to watch the anime yet. Um, the series the or the the black uh, black Blade Runner Black Blackout. Lotus. Oh, Black Lotus, yeah. Yeah, so, all the Blackout shorts on YouTube. I haven't yeah, had a chance I, to I watch watched. Either. I rewatched the so before twenty forty nine came out, they released three short films, one animated like anime called Blackout twenty twenty two. Then there was twenty thirty six. Nexus Dawn, which is live action, and then 2048, Nowhere to Run or something like that. Um, and that's live action too. And they kind of set up some of the characters and story and backstory mm. for the... Uh, again, there's so much bogged down. Again, yeah, and again, it's just like you don't have to watch them to understand the movie, but it does flesh out a lot and, you know... Watching release the damn film. Watching yeah, watching Blackout again. I'm like, Blackout's a more interesting story, I think, where the replicants uh basically cause a citywide uh or even maybe worldwide um blackout so that they they erase all the records of who's human and who's replicant, yeah. replicant. And I'm like, that's interesting. That maybe that should have been the movie instead. So that's the thing with 2049 is there's a lot going on um, and like it could have gone so many different ways uh, yeah. and I think yeah. all the, it, it hints at more interesting things than it actually Yeah, and I think, again, that, it comes down to our main problem with the movie is that it tries to do too much and it has all these great ideas, but none of them really make it a good Blade Runner sequel. Yeah. And also as a science fiction, like the original Blade Runner is so influential and this movie is like, yeah, it's a sequel. So it, it can't really do anything new. I mean, it can, but it also has, it's beholden to that original, but also, yeah. Watching 2049 again, I'm like, I've seen all of this before, not only in the original, but in every other sci-fi, it doesn't bring a lot new to the table. And that's not necessarily you know, not every movie has to have be yeah, super, yeah, yeah. super like brown, groundbreaking, but yeah, it just, it felt. And again, technically it's very good. Like when, when Kay, you know, has, uh, has the hologram girlfriend, uh, yeah. and he, and he gets the real woman to like, yeah. I believe the hologram girlfriend actually hires hooker for him. 
Yeah, yeah that's correct. Um, it's using his credit card. That's the interesting stuff. Damn it, Alexa, don't do that. <laughs> te- technically, it's like a very well done scene, and yeah. I really like it. But the whole scene, I was just like... It's pointless. It adds nothing boring, to the story. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's, and you know, they're setting up uh, Joy, the hologram girlfriend, as in and Kay is like lonely and he's a replicant and, and he has this girlfriend who he thinks loves him. And then at the end, he sees the big hologram and he realizes he's not special. She wasn't in love with him. She's just programmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to do See, that should, and that should have been like the key thing for him. It, there shouldn't be several other subplots. For him that's to the thing. I'm like, it should just the movie should just be more about him. And like, again, like Deckard and the whole like miracle baby. I'm like, just like well, this is that's another movie. Yeah. See, um, I, I would have been happy with just obviously it'd be far more derivative of the first one and still you know replicating. It's just he doesn't realize he is a replicant at the same time. He's doing he's killing and hunting replicants. And then him Ooh. finally having like the existential crisis of I've been like you know killing my own people this whole time. Yeah. Well, I think one thing I did like about because before the movie came out, it was like, are they going to do a thing where oh they reveal that Ryan Gosling was a replicant the whole time? And I said like I hope they just start the movie and he's a replicant because yeah. I don't. We already have that argument with Deckard. Is he a replicant? Was he a replicant? Whatever. Is he human? Um. And I like that twenty forty nine. Just as soon as the movie yep. starts, it's like he's a replicant. There's no, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like uh, you know, one of probably my favorite part of the movie is when K has to do his baseline tests. Yeah, cells. Yeah, cells interlinked within cells, and like that's that's a really cool way of like doing the Voigt Kampf test from the first movie, but doing it differently and doing it for a different reason, and it's so weird and unsettling and cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and some of the other cops are like treating him like shit because he's a replicant. No, he is a second class citizen. Yeah. Hey, you know, and to I'm be like, fair, he's a skin job. Exactly. But I'm like, that's all interesting. But then after the start of the movie, they don't really address that anymore. There's no real robo racism after that. Yeah. Um, Again, because that could have been the whole film, right? Him yeah, trying to track down these replicants while also Imagine... facing discrimination. Yeah, also, to an like... extent, he could have been anything else other than a cop. You know what I've had running through my head today? Mm. Taxi driver in a cyberpunk city. You know, imagine yeah. it's like he's got a mystery to unravel with a think... with a customer or something. <laughs> he has to run from the Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, also... he's like the victim. I also... Yeah, like. Like imagine like the most dangerous, the most dangerous game, except it's Blade that's Runner. That's interesting. It's called Blade Runner, but the Blade Runner is the antagonist. Yeah, the yeah, antagonist yeah. Is, yeah. Like that's Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. yeah imagine, that... But imagine that. You know what I mean? He's like a space. <laughs> he's like a space taxi driver trying to uncover a mystery or something that think... happened to one of his patients, or he has to hide a a patient, a, a client, or he has to hide one of his passengers from the Blade Runner. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like there's so many things you could do with that world. Alan's dying for some reason. I'm there. just imagining like. Some Armenian guy, like with an accent, you know, who drove a taxi around, and there's a guy with a gun chasing him. He's like, "What are you doing? I'm just immigrant trying to drive taxi." You could do collateral, but one of yeah, exactly collateral in space. Did it have to be like? But also, I think did it have actually... to be the police route? You know, it gets yeah. I mean, deep. it's called Blade Runner, so I guess the movie has to be about a Blade Runner. But yeah, you can but be subvert more creative. my yeah, expectations. You, exactly, man. you can be more creative. I think also it. This movie doesn't make a lot of sense because at the end of the first movie, 
the uh, Nexus Six androids are so close to humans. Nexus Eights. No, next in the original, it's Nexus. Oh, 6. in the original, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're so close to humans that they're outlawed uh, on Earth, and they're only used for like labor yeah. and combat uh, on off-world colonies. Um, then in this, the canon of this sequel is that after the blackout, like the next, that for some reason the Nexus Sixes were decommissioned. They started making Nexus Eights, which were even more. The uh, Wallace, the Wallace, Wallace. Yeah, no, that comes later. Yeah, the Nexus. But the Wallace eight, company bought them. Yeah, right? but the Nexus Eights uh, have a normal lifespan and are assumedly even more human-like. So I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Why that would happen? They're more controlled. Then the blackout. No, then the yeah, then the. No, then the blackout happens, so you can't tell who's human and who's replicant. So it's harder to discriminate or whatever. And the, I guess the Blade Runner business would boom again. That's a more interesting story. Then Neander Wallace, Blade Jared Runners Leto's, with a dollar sign. Yeah, Blade Runners. Yeah. Then Jared Leto's character takes Neander Wallace takes over like the Tyrell Corporation and starts manufacturing robots again. Uh, even oh, though they've been made, they've been made uh, illegal. I mean, um, the character, not the man, but. Well, the man apparently yeah. is not too the great man, either. The man has some, the man has yeah. some strange behaviors. But then he starts manufacturing again for whatever. Again, his motivations don't make sense. Um, and I guess, the, and but they're not illegal. They're not illegal on Earth anymore. I'm like, none of this makes sense. Um, and again, like from that world building, that's that juicy sci-fi. Like, oh, the all the possibilities. I'm like, why am I thinking about this stuff when I should be thinking more about the philosophical questions like I was in the original? So if they're not illegal on Earth anymore, does that mean they've got no grounds to kill the kid? Or is it because they're from the previous generation or they do have no, grounds no, no. to kill the kid? It's I, I don't I think because it's yeah, previous generation, they're still like you can track down the old models because they're not as controllable, quote unquote, as I the think new that- models. And I think the kid represents um, a different problem to them because the kid represents uncontrolled replication of the replicants. Yeah, and like, um, and they don't want that child to exist because yeah, and it, now like, it's like, oh, it's a race. I guess it's a race to destroy the child so that people can't re-engine, back-engineer that child, and figure out how it works. Right. Mm. So you've got the cops don't want this because it'll make their job impossible if the replicants can basically be broken free of restrictions imposed upon them by humanity essentially. Mm. Yeah. So like if they can procreate, then they don't need to be made. And then they can, I guess it can, they can be their own thing, which they know from a law enforcement perspective is not a good deal. Right. Yeah. But as a society in general, if you've created a race of, creatures let's just say that are this sentient and kind of do their own thing at that point they have some rights that you can't you know you probably shouldn't be violating yes, anyway but, but they're more powerful than the humans yeah. right so they can take over with ease sounds uh, like some race politics yeah, going but on. it doesn't Possibly. like it doesn't but, make any sense and yeah. i think one i think the movie would have been better if it was set off world like i think automatically you could still have like you know, uh, you know, a robot uprising, and the Blade Runners have to go off-world to to deal with it. I think that's that's an interesting story. And like Nathan was saying, with like you know having a non-Blade Runner uh, character or whatever, I think also having a 
you know, because there are replicants used for just manual labor. There are pleasure models. There are combat models. I'm like, you could explore any type of replicant uh, in an off-world colony doing, you know, menial tasks as slave labor. Um, and James just wants perfect days by Wim Wenders in space. Oh, oh well, I take it. That's not what I was. That's not what I was going for. But okay, I'll take it. Can you imagine that? This is like a replicant cleaning toilets. Original, for three Blade, hours. original Blade Runner production and costume special effects, but just like guys going about their lives. That yeah. would be yeah. amazing. Like Alan, Paris, you haven't Texas. seen this movie. Imagine Alan, Cyberpunk Paris, yeah. Texas. That's Alan. Yeah. You, you haven't seen this movie. But, but Perfect no. Days is about a Japanese man who cleans toilets for like two and a half hours. It's great and it's, it's amazing. It's so good. Yeah. 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 But uh, I mean, that's not what I was getting at. I was just getting at it's like you can make a plot about so many different things. It's science fiction. You can go to different yeah, yeah. worlds, you can do so many different things. And again, Blade Runner 2049 hints at interesting things, but the movie itself, despite being so long, doesn't really ever settle on something really interesting and doesn't fully explore all the things it's hinting at. And a that's lot of that much. A lot of that is just Villeneuve, uh, Villeneuve's style of just like Ryan Gosling walking really, really slowly through the desert. But has um, has Denis had these problems before with scripts getting away from him? Well, see, this is the thing, right? Before 2049, I mean, what did he, he did? Prisoners, Sicario, Arrival. They were all pretty. They were all, all pretty tight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think and then it, this movie Denis, comes out. Denis might not be the problem. No, I think I feel... this is this is what I'm getting at. This movie comes out and it it's nowhere near as good as those other movies. It's not a it's it's too uh dra- it drags too much. Then Dune comes out and it has the same problem. So I think this is just Villeneuve's like thing now is he mm. makes sort of big budget mainstream movies that on a visual level are very impressive and are kind of slow and appear to be contemplative on the surface. But underneath, uh, the script is just messy. Plain Devil's Avocado here. Mm. Is that just because they're both franchise films, big tentpole franchise oh, films? Those, those, that's, that's 100%, not 100%, but that is a big part of the problem. I'd like to see Denis go back and do maybe a movie that's, that doesn't cost that much money where the expectations aren't as high. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, we've talked about it before with a lot of other directors. It's like they're given a big franchise film and they shit the bed, whereas they're... Mm. Uh, the it's films, the Marvel problem, yeah. Sort of, yeah. I, I think I would definitely like to see him do a smaller movie or a you know, non-science fiction movie again. Um, but yeah, like I don't hate 2049. It's just... Watching it again, I was just like, I feel pretty much the same as I did seven years ago. Uh, it, I just felt cold towards it. It's a disappointing spectacle. Like I said, lots of interesting science fiction scenes, but it's not much more than that. Really. Yeah, and, and I think also, um, as much as I love, I love the baby goose. Yeah, I love Villeneuve. Like you know, like it looks great, but like I said, it's just when you look at the totality of it. It just doesn't really work as a whole. Yeah, I think also like it's gained this kind of cult following over the last few. And I mean, it's interesting because the original movie didn't do well when it came out. It, you know, the awful theatrical version 
which was uh, forced upon Ridley Scott by the, you know, studio. Um, and then, but it grew this cult following and then there was the director's cut, which was much better. And then finally, Scott was make, uh, able to make his uh, ultimate version with the final cut, which is the definitive version of the movie and is the only version of the movie that you have to see and is the movie that we talk about when we say the original Blade Runner. Um, so it's interesting that the 2049 comes out, doesn't do super well financially, kind of positive critical reception, some maybe mixed reviews. And then all these years later, it still comes up from time to time, people saying, oh, it's better than the original. It's one of the great sci-fi movies. But after all these years revisiting it, I'm just like, I don't feel it's that good of a movie and it's not a very good Blade Runner sequel. Um, like yeah, I, said, I agree. Technically, like the scenes are good. Yeah. But overall, yeah. I'm just kind of like, eh. I agree 100%. I completely agree with you. It's never going to be as good as the original. No. What do you think, Alan? We've done a lot of talking. What are your I, um, look, when you... I, I have a soft spot for this movie, and I still do, because it's just it's Blade Runner. It's you know it's got Ryan Gosling, you know it's got all the, the good stuff. But when you look at it objectively, it's not really that great of a film. It's definitely not a good Blade Runner film. Um, it's again like the whole if you choose out individual scenes, some of them look amazing, absolutely amazing, hard to beat in other films as well. But when you put them all together, you don't really get a great film. Yeah, it's just something that's okay. Like a lot of things don't yeah. really make as much sense as they should. The um, uh, what you call it? What's the bad guy's name? Wallace. Yeah. He's again. He's got the god complex, but again, when you just see the scenes where he's in, again, it absolutely looks like he's reading from a completely different script. And it's just like, why are you doing this? You know. Again, yeah. those scenes they're so interesting on their own. Yeah. Like really interesting science fiction scenes. Mm. It's just such a shame, like, you know, I'm just, like, the movie just doesn't feel cohesive as such. I mean, one thing I do still appreciate uh, is, like, it's not a dumb, like, it's not just a dumb spectacle action movie. Like, it, it is... Oh, no, they try. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, when they announced it, I was just like, oh, no, they're going to turn it into, like, a silly, you know, Zack Snyder, like, guys you know shooting cgi like jumping around and like robot suits and all this stuff i'm like I, i'm glad that they didn't go that way with it it's still not a complete like studio pg it's not, yeah, yeah it's not michael bay it's not michael bay directing blade runner yeah. but i i think which should be an interesting one to see yeah no it wouldn't <laughs> yes, interesting it would. interesting in... the whole city just explodes <laughs> yeah um yeah i want to watch david finch's version that would be interesting yeah but i I think also like it also finch's script at least it also lacks the weight of the original like yeah considering you know considering you know i mean there is cgi in the new one um but there are a lot of practical elements too but it just doesn't have the same Yeah, like just everything in the original feels so real and it's lived in. We we lived in and weighty, and just everything in the new one, it still feels very plastic and light. Yeah, even like yeah. the action, the action scenes and like the shootouts, it's like it's less impact. 
It's because it's not, it's not, and um, I mean this in the actual usage of the word, not the meme usage. It's not dank. It's not gritty. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, like you know I said, Runner, the original Blade Runner is a dark film. It, yeah. it, there's not, you know, it's it's well lit, but it's visually quite a dark, dim film, apart yeah. from the neon lighting. Whereas Blade Runner 2049 but, often has lots of brightness. It's Yeah, but it's also just the filmmaking. Like, you know, yeah. the actions, the quote-unquote <laughs> action scenes in the original, like, they're very heavy and weighty and, like, bloody and gritty and dirty. And the new movie tries to do a bit of that, but it's mostly just kind of modern, very quick, very, it's, yeah. feels, yeah, not as, yeah, I will uh, say, bonus points for hologram Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yeah. And Elvis. And Elvis. Yeah. yeah. I love that scene. Uh, yeah. yeah. See, like I said, I don't know if the scene should be there, but it looks great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, technically, I'm like, this is cool, but I'm like, I don't know if I really like this being in a Blade Runner movie, like Elvis. All yeah. of a sudden, and, I, and it's the same with yeah. the score. Like, I still have no idea how to feel about the score. I don't think it's that good uh, in in twenty forty nine, considering how incredible. Uh, you were Vangelis... never going to be Vangelis's score. Yeah, Vangelis's Vangelis's score in the original is so amazing, so iconic, so beautiful and haunting and weird and everything, and. Like Hans Zimmer and the guy he did it with, um, Benjamin Wolfish, I think is the guy's name. Their score for 2049 is just like, here's a sci-fi score. Here's a weird droning sound and a big boom. And considering how quiet the movie is, oftentimes it'll just be really quiet. Ryan Gosling slowly walking through a, a building and then it'll just go boom. I'm like, oh, okay, cool story. Like cool score. And then again, <laughs> this is why I'm worried. Is like uh, Denis Villeneuve uh, directing Dune, and then Hans Zimmer doing the Dune score, which I didn't like the score for that either. Um, yeah. Like it feels like they're setting up a precedent now for what what their work's going to be like in the future, and I don't, I don't really dig it. Um, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Anyway, like I thought it'd be interesting to re revisit this movie after all these years i know the original review isn't available online anymore but i mean those were back we're, in the, we're saying the same things we did back then anyway yeah, that was back in the prehistoric <laughs> days of, of us us on the radio but yeah now i'm just like oh wouldn't it be fun to revisit it like and callum was going to watch it because it came up in his stack of blu-rays and 4ks and i was like oh we should all rewatch it and and talk about it again but yeah, I mean, nothing's really changed after all these years. I'm a different person than I was seven years ago. I'm not. My feel, <laughs> my feelings towards the movie haven't changed a lot. Maybe a little bit, but not a lot. Like, I just don't think it's as good as a lot of people say it is. Um, I don't think it's awful, but also, yeah, just never going to live up to the original. I mean, I'm also biased because I love the original so much. But yeah, I mean, Gosling he does his best, but there's there's something special about Ford's the 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 charisma he carries in the original. It's just everything from his performance to his haircut to his costume design mm. was just that's lightning in a com- complete lightning he, in a bottle. Yeah, he is the Rizzler. So that's right. Whereas you look at Gosling, and it's just like you know he just looks like a guy in high tech clothing. Yeah, Gosling's definitely. 
like Harrison Ford's the beat up old um, grizzled, hard, hard boiled grizzled detective in the original yeah. movie, and Ryan Gosling's character in this movie is more of like, yeah, this kind of restrained like, robot boy. I'm the <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the sad boy robot who has to kill yeah. other robots, um, and I get a pat on the head from my superior at the police station. And I have a fake girlfriend to make me feel more real. And that's a really it's interesting. Like, that's a really interesting story. That's a he's really, a doomer. That's what he is. <laughs> yeah. But then you've got this three-hour movie of just like him slowly walking and all the other plot details. And I, at the end of it, I just didn't care. Yeah. Um. I don't yeah, bro should have just gone back to his robot girlfriend. Maybe that's why people like it now. Like people are like, oh yeah, that's me. Yeah, I'm me and my waifu. I put a link in the chat. But, you know, I put you a, don't see me killing listeners, my kind. Listeners aren't going to be able to see this, but I put a link in the chat, and that's what I imagine Ryan Gosling's character K driving around the city listens to. Doom oh, jazz. Yeah. Oh, just, yeah, late just night Doom jazz. jazz. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should, we should do a fan edit, rescore the movie with Doom Jazz. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That might and actually make and a just better give film. him the give him the Robert De Niro haircut as he just wanders around. Oh, the, the mohawk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, putting the splat, putting the Taxi Driver soundtrack uh, score on twenty forty nine would be cool. Yeah, yeah. It's got that. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, yeah, I thought it would be interesting to revisit, but now I'm kind of regretting it. I'm like, it probably wasn't worth it. Uh, if anything, we should have just re-released the old episode, and uh, people can deal with the cringe of listening to our no. crappy. But no, um, I think I think this it was worth my time. Um, that was due for a rewatch anyway. Also, yeah, like one of the reasons I'm not like you know because now with letter you know because you know I've talked about I don't really like. Uh, letter grading or number grading or giving star ratings to movies but now with letterboxd i'm trying just trying to sort of get into a groove of like you know he's he's my star rating and one of my things i've been sort of attributing to the stars is basically one is bad two is okay three is good four is really good or great and five is excellent so that's the, you know, basic mind yeah. feeling. But also, in addition to that, it's one is bad and I never want to see it again. Two is, uh, it's okay. I don't really care if I watch it again. Three is, yeah, I would watch it again. Or, you know, I might buy it on Blu-ray, but I'm not going out of my way for. Four is, I'm definitely buying it on Blu-ray. I want to watch it again. Just not immediately. Maybe not the best, yeah. you know, doesn't have to be the most expensive version of the movie. And five is I'm this is I love it. I'm gonna buy the most expensive 4K limited edition version. I want to go to the movies and rewatch it again. And in saying that, Blade Runner the original is a five star movie. I want the 4K box set. I want the toys. I want the Ridley Scott to come to my house and tell me how he did things. I want. I've seen all the documentaries. I've seen the behind the scenes. I've got the books. I've got this, that, the other. 2049 i think is a two-star movie for me because i spent seven years going maybe one day i'll watch that and the only reason i rewatched it is because callum said he was going to rewatch it and i was like okay i guess this is a good time to talk about on the show i didn't rewatch it because i wanted to and i didn't rewatch it because i felt like it 
Um, and now That's I've watched fair. it. I mean, another seven years can go by, and if I don't have to watch <laughs> this movie, it's fine. Like, That's fair. Well, I, I'd I probably watch, give it. I watched. I watched the original Blade Runner again the other day, and I, I would watch that again right now. So yeah, good. I, I'm leaning towards. I haven't done my letterbox review. I was waiting. Yeah. Um, it's it's a movie I've complicated feelings with, as we've discussed. I agree with all of you guys. I'm leaning towards a two and a half to three, only giving it some extra points just because the filmmaking is so nice. But yeah. and, and the scenes themselves are quite good, but they don't make a good film. Mm. Um, so I'm probably leaning towards a three, just because there are parts of it that I really do love, and it but it just doesn't make a good movie. Putting mm. them all together. Yeah. That kind of just sums up my feelings. Yeah, yeah, me too. It definitely, yeah, like just the technical aspect of it, it definitely is like worth that. Yeah. Anyone else got any other thoughts? Yeah. Anything else? No. Like, yeah. I, I think I like the movie more than James, but I like the movie as, to me, it's like, this is going to sound super dumb, so I'm sorry. When I watch it, I think it's interesting to watch it as a kind of like an anthology of different scenes, hmm. because every every big scene or sequence has an interesting science fiction theme running through it. Hmm. So, like you know, whether it's the investigating the bones and the genetics, or you've got the his relationship with the the robot, the the girlfriend, you yeah. know, him at the police station. Fascinating whole, science fiction themes yeah. to watch in sequence, but then like I wouldn't watch it as a whole movie. But when yeah. I watch it, I look at a scene and I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, like the scene where he goes out to outside of the city to the sort of scrapyard, and there's the guy who has all the slave children. Um, like, what is this, Judge Dredd? Like, this is a diff. This is an interesting sci-fi movie, yeah. but it feels so out of place. Yeah, that's how I that that that's how I would watch it. it yeah, it's it's like a three-hour movie where it's like a series of scenes that are all really good and technically well done on their own. They're loosely but connected. Cohes- <laughs> yeah, co- co- it does. It's not. It doesn't work cohesively, and it doesn't yeah. work. Doesn't work as a Blade Runner sequel, and it doesn't work. Yeah. In trying to tell Kay's story, even though no. I do, I do like the ending of like Kay sacrifices himself, finds out he's not a real boy, fact sacrifices himself <laughs> for someone else's happiness. But I'm like, you could have done that in a much shorter runtime yeah. and focused more on him. Yeah, yeah. But as a collection of scenes, yeah. I think it's a great film. Mm. It's just not a good Blade Runner movie. It's not a particularly good sci-fi movie. But as a collection of scenes, it works. Yeah. If you approach it in that way. Mm. Yeah. I'm just glad it 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 ha- so far hasn't sparked twenty sequels because you know they want to. Well, I think so far we still have a Ridley Scott Amazon Prime live action show. Really? Coming. Okay. Blade Runner 2099 or something. I'm going to look that up right now, but I'm pretty sure that's still going ahead. Because mm. I heard the, they did an anime series, Black Lotus, which you mentioned a bit earlier. But I heard it's terrible. It didn't look very good. Um, yeah, it's still, it, it hasn't, it hasn't been cancelled. So the last okay. update for Blade Runner 2099 was in August of 2023. Um, okay. The Blade Runner 2049 sequel, Blade Runner 2099, will be a mini-series on Prime Video. Uh, apparently properly headlined by Ridley Scott, like he'll be properly behind this one. Okay. Um, and it follows like 50 years after 2049. I hope... So another kind of big jump in time. Yeah, I, I think, you know it is such a rich world that you could do so many different things 
Um, so it would be interesting to see something that's not yeah, really connected. Again, twenty ninety nine wouldn't be connected to the release, the original Blade Runner. So it'd be interesting to see if they can do some more interesting things without necessarily being tied to that legacy. Yeah, but you know they always they always find a way to shoe in some fan service and like here's an old you know in in this movie you know they have like here's an old recording from Rachel and yeah. David in the first movie and then they literally Rachel shows up a de-aged uh, yeah. Sean Young shows up. Um, and one of my most hated things in 2049 is they re you know, that amazing scene in the original with the enhance, you know, go to sector yep. 41 and enhance stop. Um, they do that like five times in 2049, just not with a photo. They do it with other things. Yeah. Um, like, you know, when, uh, character love is, uh, bombing, using the drone to bomb the scavengers. Um, and she's like, enhance, fire, enhance, fire, you know, go here, fire. And I'm just like, okay. Same when Kay's flying through the desert city. Yeah, he uses and... his drone to zoom in when he's trying to find Deckard in yeah. Las Vegas. And it's like, zoom in, stop. And I'm like, okay, we get it. It's Blade Runner. We've seen, like, I hate that stuff. Um, and then so he's I'm like, cool. bees! The bees, not the bees. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Is that all? Uh, think, is that all the time we've got for tonight? It. Yeah, pretty much. Anything else? I, um, anything else you want to bring up? No. Um, after this, uh, I'll go I guess, sit in my well, chamber and go cells, interlinked cells. cells. Interlinked. Look, I, I guess before we wind up, for listeners who actually are interested in maybe some, I guess, better um, examples of this kind of science fiction done right, inspired by Blade Runner, you have like Ghost in the Shell. That'd be a good one to well, kind that's, of. Well, that's the thing: is the original so influential? You know. The Pretty Japanese much. looked at it and said, "Yeah, this anime, is us. We own this. An, yeah, this anime, is like anime this is me like, now. All of anime was just like yeah. this is yeah. This is we, we made. We're, this? we're talking Ghost yeah. in the Shell, the anime, not Ghost in the Shell 2017. No, yeah, not <laughs> yeah, that. no, that's that's awful awful movie, yeah. yeah, like you got Akira, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, you got Cyber all these City. other. Yeah, there's know, so many Psychopaths. Like Cyberpunk, um, I think we talked about this years ago when we talked about the original Blade Runner, but like. Other than like Blade Runner, The Matrix, maybe a couple of other movies, there isn't a lot of like really good cyberpunk uh, movies. There are a lot of like B movies that are fun, but not like really good uh, sort yeah. of quality uh, cyberpunk movies. All the best cyberpunk stuff other than like Blade Runner and The Matrix is anime. It's all anime. Yeah, stuff. so I'd say for people that are interested in, you know, they like the vibe of the original um, and even some moments in the sequel, probably have a look at some of the cyberpunk animes. Um, even this, apparently the new cyberpunk 2077 anime on Netflix is Yeah, good. I watched that. It was good. I haven't even um, played the game and I watched the anime yeah. and I'm like, this is fun. Yeah. So, um, you know, there are, there are stuff out there that will help you scratch that itch. Yeah. But maybe t- 20, uh, yeah. Blade Runner 2049 is not it. 2049 doesn't scratch the noir itch, doesn't scratch the cyberpunk itch. Yeah. Scratches the gosling itch. Yeah. Scratches yeah. the anadamus itch. Yeah. yeah. But. <laughs> it doesn't scratch my Harrison Ford itch, though, because he's too old. I need the glory years. I got the glory year itch, you know? Yeah. I watched the Blade, the original Blade Runner or the um, Fugitive or. The fugitive. Uh, oh, I don't kill my wife. I don't care. I don't, I don't what's the care. one? What's the one where he goes and joins an Amish community? 
Uh, witness. witness. That's a good that's one. That's a good movie. Yeah, I like yeah. That. yeah, 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 yeah. just walks yeah, in it on her when she's like showering, just stares at her tits. <laughs> of course, that's the one scene that Alan remembers. <laughs> uh, like, of, the director's like, "Do we need this?" He's like, "Harrison was like, yes, yes, we definitely yeah. need this scene." It's How many of these more takes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, it does. Yeah. It's it does scratch my side for itch because like some of the scenes are so cool, but you know I like I watched the original I watched the original and it was such so much better. Yeah, like just the, before the before the before the original even starts and it's just like the logos and the um the opening scroll you know that explains the replicants and the backstory. I'm just like you know I've seen the movie a hundred times, but I'm just like yeah, like it's so cool. Um, and then the second movie starts, and I'm just like checking my watch. I'm like, okay, bro, it's still got two and a half hours to go. Yeah, oh, it's no. like two yeah. and a half. Oh my god! And I love long movies. You know, yeah. you guys know, like my favorite. Yeah. Movie oh wait, long. wait for next week's review. <laughs> we got we got fighter to talk about. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's look. I think that's all the timing off for tonight, everyone. Yeah. Sorry Thanks to for ramble listening. on. Uh, no, that's all right. This was this is the episode that needed to happen. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Please like and share the Tuesday Review Facebook page, Instagram page, Threads page, Twitter page, Newsmast page, and Blue Sky page. And uh, follow us on Ring That Bell on YouTube. Mm-hmm. More videos coming every day uh, as we upload older episodes of the show yeah. to YouTube. Getting close for your to listening pleasure on the YouTubes. Mm-hmm. Letterboxd, follow us. And uh, yes, uh, Letterboxd. Uh, I'm Nathan B underscore ninety. I'm Channel Drifter, all one word. I'm Callum Tuesday. Callum uh, Twenty. Yeah. So you can follow along with what we've been follow watching us. and yeah. you know, maybe Tell disagree us with how much you love twenty forty nine and how we're wrong. Yeah, that's fine. Um, you know, whether I guess there's a sea of five star reviews for that movie. We're not. Yeah, aware. everyone loves it, but. I think it's wrong. We want to love it, but yeah. oh yeah, yeah. There are parts of it I like. Yeah. Um. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. We'll be back next week. Adios, cousins. <laughs>